Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I have CEO and fractional CFO, Drew Line. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jason. Happy to be here. Cool. And today's going to be all about cash flow, understanding cash flow and the key indicators for success. Uh, let's just start things off with like, what are the key factors that contribute to healthy cash flow in a business? Just so we can kind of rip the bandaid yeah. off. Number one, whatever you do, if you're making something as a product or you provide a service, you first and foremost need to make money on that. Like rule number one on cash is make money on what you sell or do. Uh, it sounds, you know, people might laugh at that, but it's shockingly common when we look at it. <laughs> people are like, don't have their numbers organized correctly. Wait, you, you have to make money in a business? Is this I, it's a, a novel idea here. I know. I'm that doesn't sound, I've never heard this before. <laughs> um, it really, the elements are like around, you know, how much, you know, amplitude, volume, duration, terms. And so what I mean by that is like, how much are you getting paid? When are you getting paid? Is it contingent on a timeline or delivering a milestone? Um, understanding money and how it moves in and out of a business is one of the greatest measures of success. And it's understanding what is occurring to move money, understanding operationally what drives that. And that's, it's, it's pretty surprising how you can comp overly complicate this, but when you boil it down to simplicity, all of a sudden answers become so much more readily available to, well, what do you really need to focus on to have right. healthy, effective cash flow? And how do you manage the cash flow? I mean, you're talking about all these moving parts. Like say someone uh, starts a business, maybe it's a startup, maybe it's a tech startup, maybe it's an app, and they're just spending a lot of money on a lot of different things, but they're not earning revenue just yet because they haven't monetized. So how do they manage that ca that aspect of the cash flow so that they make sure they are runway aligns with, you know, future uh, fundraising. Yeah. I mean, as with anything, like you're not going to go camping and just run out into the woods and be like, great, I'm camping. <laughs> great. What do I need? Like I'll probably need a tent. I'll probably need a sleeping bag, maybe some food. I don't know. You might get hungry. Maybe you're going to bring out, bring along some, some bug spray. or bug spray. You know, it's all about thinking it through. Business isn't some like, wow, I wonder how they were successful or wow. How did that even happen? Business is awesome because it's very linear. This stuff isn't black box. Mm. You can plan out what you think will occur. And it's the KISS methodology. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. I say that all the time. Start with, hey, what what's step one, step two, step three? So if you're in a situation where you're, for in your example, building you know a software business and you're just spending money right now. Right. Why are you spending money? Well, great. I'm, I'm making something. I want to, you know, I'm going to sell it. Awesome. When is that going to occur? How many staff do you need? You know, so thinking personnel, non-personnel. Is it, are you going to do W2 or 1099? So employees or contractors, how long are you going to have them around? How and how do you pay them? Is it check or ACH? When do you pay them? Is it, you know, flat fee every month? Is it by the hour? Um, really thinking it through and then getting, layering in the detail. And a key factor of this is bounce it off of some smart people that are around you. So right. have your plan, put it together, put the quantitative aspects around your, your doing things that costs money or it takes time and attach a dollar figure to that. And then eventually you're going to say, Hey, great. The day is going to arrive when you say we are going to do our first sale. Awesome. 
how long is it going to take to get there? And how do you know you're there? And then right. what are you selling it for? Yeah. So there's so many different aspects to this. I mean, just, uh, just in general, like, let's say that you did all this that you just talked about, you figured it all out and now you're trying to raise money. What kind of stuff are the investors, VCs, angels, what are they going to be looking for in terms of like the strategy or, you know, if they give you funding and then what the negative impact that might make on, you know, your stock and your incentivization of like wanting to continue working. And there's so many aspects to that piece of it, but maybe, you know, a bit about that side of things like financing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, First off, the earlier you are in fundraising, depending on who you're talking to, the more they're going to realize the less, you know, like is the reality of it. Like they know you don't have all the answers and they know you're probably more wrong than you are. Right. It's not about being perfect. It's not about having the perfect plan. It's not about having the perfect number. Your number's wrong. And by the way, when you have that plan, as soon as you say I'm done, it's wrong. And that's right. okay. It's not about being right. It's about defining the assumptions, defining what are your major drivers and inputs, understanding why you think that. How did you arrive there? It almost and, sounds like what you said there, you just said something about being perfect doesn't matter and like being wrong and all this stuff. But maybe the answer is to be able to find the answer for them when they ask you what, it, you know, you know yes. how, how many people are jumping on your app every day? You're like, oh, I don't know, but I can find out. And then you go and find out, you're like, well, here it is. So is it really about finding the right answer and being able to provide that? I think to a, even I'd zoom out even further and say finding the right answer. The reality. So I invest in in some of our clients and invest about eleven different business now. And the thing that for me of what categorizes a good business: Do you have a market? Is your product? Do you have product market fit, or do you have a very good idea of how you're going to get product market fit and measure right. it? And then the other aspects are these two things: Can I ideate your business quicker than you? If I can. That's probably a bad sign because you're not able to take what you're doing and understand all the permutations of what could occur. Right. It's not about thinking of everything, but it's like, can you get creative and, and be that visionary to see the path forward? And then the other thing is, can you take feedback? Can I can I call you an asshole instead of you getting pissed? You're going to be like, <laughs> thank you. Like, why do you think that? Right. And it's all important because with cash flow, it's not about being right. It's not about having the perfect answer. It's can you pivot? Can you take information in? Right. And that's almost anything in my experience in business. It's can you pivot? Can you and your team pivot? Can you take in available data and say, great, yep, we thought selling uh, white gloves to uh, people eating ketchup popsicles was a good idea. <laughs> not not a great idea. We're going to pivot real quick. We're going to sell them uh, plastic gloves instead. Yeah, I am I am not going to eat a ketchup popsicle. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's a very odd, uh, odd metaphor there, but That's uh, a, it's a it's a maybe a corn dog on a stick, right? But spe you're, you're talking about some pitfalls, right? So like you know, what other pitfalls besides not being able to like iterate quickly or pivot or, you know, kind of adapt to what's around you. There's got to be some other pitfalls business owners face when it comes to cash flow management. What are, what are some of them that you noticed? Number one is hubris. Like you're not the smartest person in the room. You're not some prescient, you know, genius at business. Like very few people are. It's inviting discussion and critiques around, around the plan. How is it wrong? And it's, it's, it's this overconfidence with it's going to be up to the like, whole oh, It never is. Right. No, hockey, one, you know, you're never going to sell that number. Like it just doesn't happen. 
One in a billion. Billion, yeah. It's just never people, but people see what's in the news and they think, oh, this company just got bought for five billion dollars, and they think that theirs is next. But they don't see the twenty years it took for the people to do that. They don't see the other hundred thousand companies that failed and died, and so you know they just see the 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 news, right? So so that's one pitfall. What are some others you might see? Knowing the key things that are driving changes in cash flow, Such like in its. How many people do you have on staff? When do you pay them? Like, what are your biggest areas of cost? Like, maybe it's inventory. And great, like, understanding how does money come in? Great, you sell stuff, you get investment, you take debt, you raise capital, you uh, you take a second mortgage on your house and you put all that in. Or wow. you run your... I mean, the thing that people don't talk about is it's there's a lot of ways to bring money into a business. Right. But you have to have an attractive business. And so what that means is like, great, where are you spending your money on? What are the main drivers of moving money in and out of your business? Like, and how do you understand them? And it's people get too focused on thinking it's all going to be okay instead of being very pragmatic and saying, great, how do we manage this better? And it's like, oh, well, I got all these staff. I don't want to lose any. Well, great. Like getting into, I like to call it like save the patient's or save the arm and people start yeah. getting myopically focused on, Oh, well, you know that, you know, we really need this one person and great. We keep them on staff. Yeah. They might be the, the gift to, you know, your business, the greatest thing since sliced bread, but you paying them will sink the business because maybe you don't need right. them yet or right. yeah. Like they're a great resource, but they're just not really that effective or, Hey, yeah. Your, your friend, Jim, Bob, who you love and you've known for years and he works here and you pay him a lot, but he doesn't do anything. Well, yeah, you just can't do those things and you got to have make the tough decisions. And I think the other big thing is not being able to make a decision soon enough. You know, the decision to make takes you too long on it. And then you just spin, you just sit on it and you don't make a decision. When you're in a business or a startup, I mean, that's, why that's the advantage we have over the big corporations right is it it, they have to deal with a slog of like multiple departments and like they have to get upper management has to make the final call and then you know changing stuff takes forever but in a startup and in a business like you need to be able to basically be a dancer being able to switch from salsa to jazz to to ballroom you know you need to basically be on your toes right and yeah you got to be nimble and quick and you have to be you have to understand that my big thing for like why I really like helping businesses is think of the households you're supporting. Yeah. It's not just the employees. It's they have spouses, husbands, right. wives, partners, they have kids, they have, they have people that rely on them. And so if you make a bad decision or you don't have the integrity to make the tough decision, they're going to suffer. And that helps some people make a, the right decision sooner and not taking action is not an option. Like, I agree. can't stand still. And if you let it happen to you, it's not going to be what you want. Control what's occurring. And there's so many things out of our control, but it's having the integrity to understand what are you trying to create and having people that can give you critical, timely, honest feedback about what they're seeing or what they're experiencing. And then taking that, you don't have to do exactly what people say, but you need people around you that are going to help guide better decisions more of course i think steve jobs said that too a million times is his his effective leadership was really putting together 
lots of smart people in a room and letting them be brilliant and, and just kind of guiding them along the right path. And that's what everybody should be doing. So we talked a lot about pitfalls, but um, Drew, let's say someone comes to you, they don't know anything about managing cash flow or running a business for that matter. And you say, hey, I got some strategies for you on how you can align growth with cash flow. Um, what are the top three strategies you might give somebody? Um, number one would be being properly capitalized. And so we'd look at it and say, great, what's the plan? What's the big audacious idea? And then you're going to break it down and you're going to look at it and say, great, we think we're going to do this. Okay. Have you done it before? No. Okay. Well, let's, let's tamp that down a little bit then. Let's not have great <laughs> projection. Oh, you know, so what is it going to take to achieve that goal? And like looking at great, it's going to take a hundred dollars. Well, if you've only got 20 in the bank and you're only bringing in 10, but you're spending 15 every month, right. you're properly capitalized. Right. You're going to be losing five bucks a month. You got four months for you. So the reality here is understanding how, what's it going to take, how much cash and how much cash do you have? Another thing is really looking at it and saying, how do we accelerate cash inflows? And so great. If you're, if you have a more mature business and you have customers that are paying you, how can we accelerate the cash receipt? Can we go from um, billing after a service or product is delivered to pre-billing? Can we look at doing upfront billing for you know SaaS type products? Can we do multi-year billing? Can we do time-based instead of milestone-based? Where it's like, oh, well, you have to finish that before you can bill. Great. Well, let's do it. Right. Hey, every month we're going to bill you this amount. Um, it's also bill the right amount. You have to generate profits sufficient to cover your overhead. Overhead. Yeah, you know, I, I noticed that about a lot of business owners, they don't know what to charge people for their services, right? And you know, one of the things I told people early on is the best way to find out what to charge for your service is to act like a customer and reach out to businesses that are competing with you to find out what they charge their customers to get kind of like a good gauge on if you're like a web designer. Some people don't know it's not five hundred dollars to build a website. It's you know three thousand or more to build a website. So ask around and see, kind of get quotes, and then kind of just copy those quotes. Maybe try to undercut them. You know, is that something you tell people? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like here's a great example. I didn't raise rates for eight years. Was that a smart move? No. <laughs> At least I you admit focused, it. <laughs> I was on. I was focused on other things. The reality is, because I wasn't trying to. I was focused on get new clients, grow the clients. Right. I wasn't really focused on maximizing every dollar. Now, right. at first, that didn't really have an impact. But eventually, we eroded 20% of our gross margin. Wow. By not increasing our rates consistently every year to match the market. Right. For us, it's about, great, how much value are we driving? We could, you know, we're not here to build a bill. And what we found was, the better the work we do, the more readily that client stays around with us for the long term. And so that's the other thing is don't get too focused on top, top dollar. Right. What matters is profit. Yeah. profit for a lot of businesses because that's what pays for the business. And so when we look at that, it's like, great, how can you be looking at what is the right amount to charge? Well, great. If you charge all people a super high premium, they're going to expect super high super results. High. Of course, Super fast, really correct. First time. And they might not stay with you if you don't, if they don't get those results, they won't stay with you. Whereas if you kind of offered it at a lower price and you still, you know, overperformed or gave them the results they were looking for, they'll stay with you longer term, which means now you might be earning less per month, but you're in the long term, you're earning more than you would have 
if they left you after two months. Yeah, no, I get it. It's it's fantastic advice. Um, Tell us a little bit about where people can find out more about your services, um, any kind of social media or website. Yeah, we've got uh, our website is focusedenergy.work. That's W-O-R-K. And, you know, LinkedIn, other social medias. And my number one thing is great. Fractional finance and accounting is an awesome resource for any business to look into. Most don't need fractional CFOs, even. It's fractional VP, controller, bookkeeper. Really what businesses mistake is what I've found is when you talk to a fractional finance and accounting person, a fractional CFO, understand how much they're going to roll up their sleeves and get into the business, really doing the work, executing, driving strategy, having the tough conversations. Like, how much are they going to help you? Because I've seen a lot of people get overcharged and it's just like, the number one thing I advise people is like, just it's, there's a lot of really good people, but there's also a lot of really bad people out there that just take advantage. And I would say, really look at what are you getting and have deep, meaningful conversations because you don't need to spend a ton, a ton, a ton of money. Like you can really scale businesses effectively and you should be looking at number one, my biggest piece of advice on cash flow: don't hire full-time staff right away. Hire fraction, hire fraction. contractors. Like, Outsource. You put as much money as possible towards revenue generating activities. Totally agree. Thanks, Drew. And check out focusenergy.work for more information and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, Please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you in next week's episode.